Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard, and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Welcome to this week's episode of The Property Solopreneur, and I'm going to share a little secret about one of my favourite things to do in property, title splitting. I know, it does sound very dull, almost Victorian, frankly, in unexcitedness, all paperwork and no actual building stuff to do. But the longer I'm in property, the more I'm convinced that some people have a very Protestant work ethic towards the whole thing about property profit. They think that they can't make the profits that are there available because title splitting, well, it's just not buildery enough, is it? Or frankly, there wasn't enough effort involved to warrant the reward. I am so past that. I'm not fussy about where my profit comes from. If I can see it and it's there, I'm going to find a way to get it if it's at all possible. And my guest today is Rachel Knight, and you've probably read her articles in YPN, And if you don't know about the property magazines that can inform and enthuse you, where have you been? Rachel is absolutely evangelical about title splitting, both for landlords and for investors to know all about it. I can actually quite see why, because even today, I did a viewing this morning with my daughter who's trying to buy her first investment property. It's one of those two, um, well, one bedroom terraced house that's been converted into two flats. Tiny, tiny little thing. But as it is, it's worth 200K. But with title splits, it would be worth a minimum of 260. The two flats have never been divided off on the title. They have existed as proper flats for the last 10 years and they have fabulous return. But he's never got around to doing the paperwork. The whole title splitting subject is actually much larger than it seems. It's not all dusty paperwork to create a leasehold portion. It's about taking buildings and carving out smaller portions that can be sold on or held, sometimes as freehold, sometimes as leasehold. Just think about it. You could have enormous fun. You could do all sorts of creative things that way. It's a skill that once mastered, that once you can do it, you can see all sorts of stuff that you can work on. You know, forgotten gems clustered together in one title, often on farms or disused industrial estates. And don't get me started on the need to split if you're doing garden grab, assisted sales. Need I go on? Well, welcome, Rachel. That does sound strange, incidentally. It sounds like I'm speaking to myself, but I'm not. Welcome, Rachel, to The Property Solopreneur. Who are you exactly and what do you do? Okay, my name is Rachel Knight, spelt slightly different to your Rachel with an E-L. And if people are looking for me online, it's Rachel Maria Knight. But what I do is I am a property investor first and foremost. So I have a portfolio of properties, particularly titles, but properties, which we'll come to. And um, I also have a SAS portfolio, uh, so a portfolio of pension properties. However, my fun job, my favorite thing that I do is titlesplit.com or titlesplit limited 
And this is our property training company that shows other people how to make huge profit out of title splitting property, particularly apartments, commercial property and land. Absolutely. Because I mean, this is title splits, tiny, tiny little two words, but it's a huge subject, isn't it? Massive. It's one of those things that people might on big the big training courses sort of reference, but they don't really do very much about it. And actually, this is a whole big unpacking sphere that you you know you can make a serious amount of money out of, can't you? How did you find your first title split? Why did you suddenly go, hang on a second, everyone's missing a trick here? So you are so hitting the nail on the head there, Rachel. So there are big property training companies out there today and they are they mention it in passing but yeah. they never go into any detail and they always say all you need is a solicitor which is completely untrue so let me your question was I'll come to that later but your question was how did I come to this yes so I went to one of those big property training companies and I paid for my education in now I've done property since 2005 and I I was a, let's just say I was a corporate lady who put my bonuses into getting a vitalette and then another vitalette. But I did it very slowly and I wasn't really thinking about income. I was thinking about retirement, okay, yep. at that time. And, I, and it took me ages to build a few properties. And then in 2015, I, I decided to get educated. I was still in my corporate job and get educated to do it properly. So I invested some money in the training and invested a lot. But I'm an entrepreneur. Or at the time I was working in those companies, I was an intrapreneur. I like <laughs> I'm a solopreneur, right? Yes. But I'm an entrepreneur. And I, when they trained me to do HMOs and and they trained me to do service accommodation, and they and I was already doing some single lets, I was like, I want one of those big cash flow strategies, but I don't see why I should sacrifice equity for cash flow. Because yeah. it was sort of painted as the most cash flow is king. You know, and I was like, no, I want capital growth as well because I'd had capital growth on the properties I already owned. And I thought, well, why can't I invest in areas where I can get cash flow and capital growth and make the numbers work for cash flow and capital growth? And I realized the title splitting blocks, there was a lot of money in it. So I was looking and going, why are these landlords managing a whole block and not splitting it? And when I started to, so I thought that's the strategy I want to do. So I literally went to my mentors and I said, I have coaching and everything, show me how to do it. And do you know what they said? Can't. We don't know how. Or you just do it when you sell. And I went, no, you're missing the point. If I own it, yes, I'm during getting refinanced and I want to get my money out of the deal, we call it a memo, get your money out of the deal. If I can make the building 30% higher valuation at the end just by doing a title split, and splitting it into two apartments into their one house, then I can do that. So I want to do that. And yeah. so nobody could show me. So I had to literally pull a team together, and it was like pulling teeth to make my first one happen, right? So what I did, and this was in 2017, and I'm very open about this, I went and I bought two houses at auction, right? And I wanted to turn these two houses into far flats. Now, at the time... You had to go for planning for that. And at the time, planning took eight to 12 weeks. Now, we all know 
that that's changed and planning takes a lot longer now because councils have overwhelmed. But we'll talk about opportunity in this little space. So I took these two terraced houses that were attached to each other. And for your listeners, they were the sort of terraced houses that you walked in the front door and the stairs were straight in front of you. And you go up the stairs. Absolutely and normal ones. Absolutely. Just normal ones, right? And the back of the house, there was an entrance there. You could get round the back of the house and you could come in through the back gate and come in through the kitchen. So, of course, we can have a one-bed, it's a two-bed terrace. We yep. can have a one-bed flat upstairs, straight through the front door, and a one-bed flat downstairs. So I turned these two houses into four apartments. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The two houses, if I'd have done by refurbishment, oh, they were wrecks. You know, they were <laughs> yes. great jobs. Full on back to brick. Me and my partner had to rip, the whole thing was ripped out, back to brick. And we literally got the planning for four apartments out of these two houses. And in one house, we created two flats. In the other house, we created two flats. And those flats, had they been houses, they were valued at 100,000 each. It was in a little market town called Ilkeston in Derbyshire, right? Yep. Uh, we don't really invest there now, but we've got quite we've got a few properties there. So basically, we've now got four flats, two flats. One house was worth a hundred, two flats was worth at the time one thirty. Now you're going to think, well, that's not a lot. Well, actually, that's thirty percent. Yes, it is. Thirty percent. When you're talking small numbers, it multiplies up, doesn't it? And that's thirty percent because we split it because we got the individual valuations on the individual houses, right? So because we split it, it's now worth the, the building, instead of being the whole thing, the whole four flat project, instead of being worth 200, was now worth 260. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. So that's 30% capital uplift on day one, right? I say now our clients and, and the ones we're doing now between 25 and 35% capital uplift on day one. However, over the next five years, they grew by an additional 38% in capital. Because we'd title split them. Absolutely. So when we got them revalued at the end of 2022, I have to think back now, 2022, they were valued at 90,000 a flat. So 180,000 for two instead of 130,000 for two. You can work that out. It it works out about 38%. Yes. And so it was 68% capital growth that we would never have had had we left it as individual as had we left the flats on one block and not title splitting them and done that end bit and now they are on individual mortgages if you want to mortgage them and here's the beautiful thing for today you can get that extra equity if you don't take extra equity out of that property when you refinance it the LTV is coming right down absolutely and that's and that makes you very attractive when you're trying to get lending doesn't it of course it does so it keeps your LTVs and your portfolios nice and low I certainly would be an advocate of not taking your capital out of your properties. And, you know, when we refinanced and we didn't take a penny out, but guess what? We got a better interest rate because the mortgage at LTV had come down much lower. And it does also allow you to pay the odd one off and you end up get you've in it, literally over a space of very short few months, you can have yeah. a free property. Yeah. That, and that is the, the marvellous thing, isn't it? Mm. On day one, you could if you didn't get all your money out, we did get all our money out of this deal on day one. But if you had, because we bought them at auction, we got them for a good price. No. But everybody will know that it's harder to do that today in today's world because prices went up, interest no. rates are now higher. But of course, you can keep some and you can sell some. Yes. So we could have done those four, sold two, kept two, 
and had low LTVs on the two that we kept. Yes. Um, and I, I think that most people come to title splitting when I certainly did because they buy something that the past owner failed to get done. So, you yes. know, I... The first title split I was involved in was when I found exactly what you just described, two flats functioning completely within one building that had never been title split. Yes. So the whole thing, unfortunately, was worth 80000 Yes. That and was, it was, in a nutshell, yes. title split, it was worth 130. What had I done? Yeah. Just got the paperwork done. That was crazy. And and I was very lucky because, and I don't think, no, I don't think I was lucky. I think I just took up the invitation by the estate agent to go and view it. And I realized that these were perfectly formed little flats. Yes. Then um, we're not talking big spaces. These are small one person things. Um, but they were working. They were habitable. There was nothing needed to be done about it. Just the landlord had got into financial difficulties because it was after the credit crunch and he couldn't afford the mortgage. And he hadn't actually bothered to get the paperwork done. So he had to sell at yes. the, the full house rate. And yes. it must have broken his heart. Well, they, but, the but problem nobody, is but, it's not. Yes. They can only be valued as commercial properties. Absolutely based on renting yield. But of course, the thing is that most estate agents aren't even as clued up as that. And they were just selling them as, an, you know, and the estate agent said to me, no one wants to look at these. Because they don't want to use them. No. So there is so much opportunity. Now, you mentioned the fact that this is also, this is, yes, it's residential, but it's also commercial. And, you know, I'm thinking, hang on a second, there's an awful lot of people doing commercials and residential and they're buying blocks. Is this not the kind of technique you've absolutely got to understand to be able to maximise your returns? Oh, my goodness. So if I said to you, every single property you do, you're going to do your normal buy, refurbish, refinance. So yep. you're going to do buy, commercial block. Some of those can be done under permission to development, into flats. Then we're going to re refurbish it. Then we're going to look for refinance. If we split that block at the right stage, when we go to refinance it, we can go for individual buy-to-let mortgages, right? Yep. And those mortgages are based on comparable values in the area. Now, yep. for everybody on this podcast, comparable values. So average house price in 1992 was £57,000. Average house price in 2022, I know we've had a correction since that, yep. was £270,000, right? Yep. That is capital growth. That is only available on comparable valued properties. So our homes are our single lets. When you get into these commercially valued properties, which are based on rent and yield, so sui generis HMOs, bigger, so it's bigger service accommodation blocks, things like that, big blocks that are all financed on one mortgage, you can only get commercial valuations and they do not grow in line with capital growth. They do not grow in line with capital growth. And I'm, I don't make the rules. I'm just no. a straightforward little investor, you know? And ultimately, it's the banks that make the rules and the financial system that makes the rules. And that's just the way it works in this country. So if you can learn to title split properly during ownership, you will add 25 to 35% to the capital value of a block. So during an, so this is something... When you buy your property or even before you've bought it, you've got to know you want to do this and you need to get the stuff rolling quickly, do you? Yeah, do you know what, uh, Rachel, you raise a really good point. We we say to our clients, 
we reverse into the parking space. Oh. So before we buy, we know exactly what that block is going to make us, what the split is going to make us, what the comparable values are going to be, what money we've got to spend on it. And we also have an amazing power team who know how to do it. Because one of the reasons that property investors don't do it is they hit brick walls, brick walls with their mortgage broker, brick walls with their bank, brick walls with their solicitor, bizarrely, who doesn't know how to do it. But those who've worked out the way through this process are making a lot of money and that's just about to get much bigger. Is that because there are new rules coming up around the corner? Oh, yes, it is. So what we have got coming, do you know what? I'm going to say this for those property investors living, li listening to this. How often do government actually help us out? Oh, very rarely. Very rarely. They don't, right? But we have a housing crisis in this country and we need more homes for people to live in. So Mr. Jeremy Hunt, in the November budget, said that they were going to start to allow permitted development to, and there's a consultation on this at the moment, permitted development to take one house, right? Not a lovely listed house like what, the one you're in. You wouldn't be able to do it there. No, sadly not, no. <laughs> a normal house, right, that looks that's going to look the same afterwards can be turned under permitted development into two apartments. Now, if I say to you that that's going to give you a minimum 30% uplift in value by doing that, this is going to become a very, very lucrative strategy for property investors. Because every time you buy a house, you create two flats. Buy another house, create two single S. Buy another house, create two single S. This way, you grow your portfolio faster, but most importantly, you're going to have that higher valuation. And if you want to keep maybe a 60% LTV, it's going to be much low, easier to do so. Absolutely. And when you have those lower uh, loan-to-values, that's when you can get really creative in your funding because you can use private banks who exactly. are toxic-free and they understand investors and they yes. give snap decisions. It's fabulous. Now, that's great, but I know that, for instance, which is coming up quite regularly at the moment because of the age and stage of people who are dying at the moment, is that there are still many properties in the country that aren't registered. Everyone has this assumption yes. that if you've got a house, if you find a house, that it'll be on land registry. And that's actually not the truth, is it? Yes. No, it's not. There's a lot How that you aren't. buy those sorts of houses? I mean, I know I do, but for um, you know, investors who want to title split, how do they go about it? Is it a bit more difficult? So what we, yeah, what we do, so there are huge amounts of unsplit rocks. And what I'm going to say is there's, this is the craziest thing. Using London as an example, there are thousands of unsplit blocks in London. Because when you consider that most solicitors never split blocks unless the property is being sold, so developers sell them off plan. Those yeah. type of title splits have, have gone on forever. But anybody who's keeping it, buy to hold landlords, have not title split blocks. So that means any landlords holding blocks in London, many are either not split at all, you know, the shops with tops, yep. or, or they've been incorrectly split. So I've had people come along and they... They own three flats on one lease, for example. There's no, I mean, that's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Three flats on one lease. 
because the marriage value situation means you've got to go back and now persuade the freeholder to let you split them into three flats and they're going to charge you a marriage val- they're going to charge you a huge amount of money for each one so this is crazy stuff that solicitors done completely wrong okay so there's these messes out there but there's a lot of blocks where it's just all on one freehold yep now those blocks you can find them on on the land registry and you can find them registered there's other ways that you're going to be able to find blocks in areas where um, and, and it's having access to the data. I mean, the beautiful thing today is we can have access to data at our fingertips. I've got clients in Hong Kong who are flying, finding those split blocks in the UK. Fabulous. Just by going through and looking at the data that's available. So what's on the land registry, where blocks are unsplit, where there's a number of property, a number of, I'll give, I'll give people a tip. If you see one on the market, is there some nearby that have got multiple doorbells or multiple letterboxes? Have a look on the land registry. Are they registered? If not, it's harder with flats because if the landlord owns the block, yep. you, you won't know his address. But there's plenty on the land registry as well. There's yes. plenty. Yes. And you but, target but there, but there are also those, you know, so for instance, because it's all land registry is, is basically digitalized. It only starts to flag up a building when a transaction occurs. Yes. And we're now getting into that point when people are dying and they've always physically held their deeds. Yes. And you can't look it up because it's not there. And it's yeah. all part and process. It part and- you can knock on the door of the first flat and ask them who the landlord is, though, can't you? You can look on Gumtree and see which landlords are renting flats out. Yeah. There's there's so many ways around it. It, it yeah. this is something that you know we we were talking before we came on air about the fact that you've got to be very proactive if yeah. you want this kind of uplift. If you want to be able to do this, you've got to be prepared to put some leg room into it. And it yes. is about knocking on doors, and it is about asking the right questions, yes. and it is about just going. Well, actually, it's not going to be straightforward, but I'm going to do the work because it's so worth it. It is. It is worth it. Now, I'm going to give you an example of, of, of a property I bought. I went and locked, knocked on the door and asked this gentleman if he wanted to sell his property, okay? Yep. It, was, it was a commercial property, but that's sort of irrelevant. It doesn't really matter what it is. He said to me, yes, I'm going to sell it in six months, but I'm going to France for six months. I bought that property before he went to France. Oh. So he completed and he went off shopping for his forever home in France with the money from the completion. Here's the thing. That property went into planning, right? And it's just a beautiful thing. (laughs) We didn't even change the locks. We decided not to develop the building when we got the planning. We sold it. Oh, I love it. It was bought for 160 and we sold it for 380. So we made 200,000 cash out of that property. Okay. How amazing is that? So those sort of deals are out there, but the brave win, you go and knock on the door, you never know what you're going to find out. You don't know who runs that property. Go and ask the tenants. Yep. They might tell you. Yeah. They might also say things like, and he never does the repairs and blah, 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 blah. And the EPC register. They've got to have an EPC. Go on there. Yeah. Yes. And that it is about just going, I'm a detective. Almost a tick list. If people only put systems in place. Yes. Where, you know, you go, right, okay, have I got this? Have I looked at that? Have I done the other? Then actually it, it most of this is a paper exercise. And I think it's just I think to a certain degree this is why title splitting gets overlooked. It's a it's a paper exercise with a bit of mental agility thrown in. It's not it's not about building and going on site and wearing high vis and all the rest of it. Well, all, all those things have to happen too. So yeah. we say, 
you know, the normal buy, refurbish, refinance to add value. But the paper exercise is the last bit. However, what I wouldn't say is there is a misconception that you, if you just get a solicitor, you can do this. Right. So why? Why can I not just well, go to any old commercial solicitor and go, title split, please? So I'm going to give you an example of one of our clients who's just told me today, I'm not going to name the bank, but it's a very well-known bank. That's I'm not even going to say whether it's commercial or buy-to-let finance. I'm just going to say it's a very well-known bank in the property and landlord sector. Let's just yep. say in the property development and the landlord sector. And this bank insisted that the person who was getting the finance use their panel solicitor. Yep. Right? That panel solicitor had was a commercial property solicitor, had no idea how to conduct the title split. None whatsoever. I'm not surprised. Yes. So that is very typical. You will get people sat there going, well, I know how to do a title split. And I'm going to challenge you if you're a solicitor listening to this, and I'm going to ask you, how many splits on purchase have you done? As in, I'm a property investor, I'm buying a split, a block of flats, and I want them splitting properly on purchase. And then I'm going to say, how many have you done? And if the answer is none, (laughs) then you're more than welcome to come and talk to us about RCPD accredited training, because ultimately solicitors don't know. But also... To do a title split, the bank has to understand, the solicitor has to understand, right? Yep. The the mortgage broker has to understand. And if all the things don't come together at the right time on the right day, and we call it Property Investor Island. I mean, I, I know that sounds a bit twee, but literally <laughs> on our island, it's about cash flow and capital and profit, right? Yes. And on yes, the solicitor's it island, it's about doing a legal, legal transaction. They are completely different things, yes. right? So... It's not your solicitor's job to work out how you... I'm going to give you a really good example. It's not your solicitor's job to work out your stamp duty. But 90% of investors think it's the solicitor's job to work out a stamp duty. Yeah. And it isn't, right? So so the point is, all the different things have got to line on the right day at the right time to make a title split happen. So what actually happens is most investors give up. I recently was at an event and a property investor said to me, somebody I know said to me, I said, when are you going to learn to title split your blocks? And he said these famous words, well, I tried to get finance pr- pr- twice on the block and I couldn't get it. I couldn't I couldn't get it done, so I couldn't make it work. And I said, it's because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's because you, you're just working with a broker and you don't know what you're doing. And that is, that is, that is part of the problem, isn't it? it? It appears to be a very simple and straightforward transaction, but actually it you do need to understand what you're doing. You need to have people who know what they're doing. So it means uh, a bit like it's going to take you time to find the properties. It's also going to take you time to find the solicitors who really understand and know their stuff. Solicitors and brokers and accountants who understand how to structure this as a team to make title splits work for you. So So you raise something that I know that, yeah. You, you raised something that I know someone, when I said I was going to be talking to you, said, oh, oh, well, one of the reasons that I've never done these you know, title splits when I've bought them is that I'm worried that if I'm title splitting at the same time as I'm buying, will it not give me, and you've just briefly mentioned it, a bigger stamp duty you know, bill to pay? 
So that's a really good point. We have landlords come and say that to us. And I say, what? Your stamp duty is 30% of your capital. You can get capital uplift of 30%. And, yeah. and in using, I'm going to use an example of a block split that I did last January, which was, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, we, we split it on purchase, right? And I can't even remember what stamp duty I paid, but it was something like seven and a half thousand pounds. It wasn't much, right? Right. And it was in Nottingham. It was three flats. We split on purchase. And I got the valuation, if I'd not split the block, was just under, th- it was 359. I remember this number exactly because I talked to my clients about it. It's 359,964. That is a commercial valuation. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. as a block, based on the rent that I'm getting, the valuation was 359,964, right? Yep. For those that are left brain, that's an exact number. The valuation <laughs> of each flat in its own right, because they were two-bed apartments, luxury, yep. beautiful, done to a high level, we'd refurbished them. Those were 155 each. 155 times three equals 465. 465 minus 359 is £105,036 more yep. valuation for the split block. Now, that as a, as a percentage, 105000 into 360, so I'm just rounding it there, 29.16%. So are you telling me your stamp duty is going to be £105,000 then? Yes. It was seven and a half grand. Yes. <gasps> <laughs> and that it's is really not a reason not to do it. That yes, absolutely. And that almost is a fear that people get because they when when it's it is something that is actually very straightforward and you can get your brain around it. But part of your brain is also, if you've not done a lot of this, is going, but that means I'm going to have to pay more stamp duty. I'm going to have to pay more tax. I'm going to earn more money and all that kind of thing. And you just go, hang on a second. You you are an investor. And yes. The That's investing, costing business. Yes. But would I pay 20000 more to get £105,000 more return? I think I would. Would you? Rachel? Absolutely. And I think that's increasing your costs if you're going to get the back end really, really working for you. And that, and that, you know, ultimately, I can't express enough the value of doing this because these end up being single let properties and they're easy to manage. I was talking to my partner the other day about we've got one HMO, we're not HMO landlords. We tried it and we bought, we're going to sell it in the next couple of years. But we've got one, it's not our thing. We do blocks of flats and individual uh, lets. Everyone's going to do their own thing, haven't they? Yeah, we've got commercial. But but literally, I, I just said, it, I just, we're talking about one of the, a block we did in 2020. It's so hands-off, it's unbelievable that we don't have loads of maintenance costs. Yes, if somebody leaves, we go in and refresh the frat. We, we're those sorts of landlords. We're going and repaint and things. But ultimately, not p- me personally, but you know, yeah, that, that that's what we do in our portfolio. But ultimately, they cash flow month in, month out, month in, month out. That's a block of four flats, and the cash flow is two thousand a month after all costs. Well, that's brilliant. That's HMO type cash flow. Yeah, we've got single lets, so we don't get the hassle. Now, like on the yeah. other side, we've got HMO and. It's got this problem. The agent says it's got this problem. We've got to do that. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. It's constant. It's high maintenance, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. Makes a big, big difference. So 
It is a really good idea. It is a, a very firm strategy and it's a very big uh, sort of wide church almost, which people have got to understand. How do they find out about it? Because I know that you write for, I think it's YPN you write for, don't you? I do. Yes. So you can definitely read. So I've got um, an article in the next month's issue of YPN, a, a quarterly I write in YPN about this. And the next article I'm writing is about a, a land split. So that's about buying a house and building land on the garden land, but building a house on the garden land. So I'm writing about that because that's a title split. And I'm also yes, writing... Yes, people forget that, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. And that and actually, it's a really tax-efficient way as yeah. well to build your own house. So that's another thing. And then the other, the other thing that I'm writing about in this next one is about the permitted development rights and how that's changing and how this is going to create such a massive opportunity. Because as we can do this under PD with one house, turn it into two flats, it's going to create a lot more homes, which is what the government want. Absolutely. But it's going to give landlords a, an opportunity to buy one and create two every time, which will give them more cash flow. Because the cash flow uplift is usually, it's at least 150% for two flats versus one house, right? Yeah. So, you know, 50% additional cash flow per month. And you're going to hold on to those, you see. So it, it's... It yeah, absolutely. You've got to multiply it by the amount of time you're going to hold on to it. Now, one per I know that one person said to me, but if you've got all these properties and you've made leases, do you have to have a separate company that owns the freehold? Yes, you do. But this has to be structured in a very clear way. Right. And that's what we do. We're a training company. So titlesplit.com yeah. is a training company. We've got a website out there, testimonials and everything. But what you have to do things in a very specific way. And I can absolutely assure you that 99% of the people who've set off to try and do this end up giving up because it becomes too difficult. Yeah. And they might be struggling because they've got to get the mortgage sorted and all that sort of stuff. So they just give up and don't do it. So it, it's a bit like a revolution. Sometimes change happens slowly at first and the banks are starting to cotton on and things like that. But ultimately, to get the knowledge Yes, you can go to YPN. Yes, um, you know, here's the thing. We, you know, I have videos on YouTube and, I, you know, the stuff on our website and things. But what I would say is I'm really surprised that there are still not training companies actually doing this. I think it's because it's too difficult. Yeah. I think to take it to the levels we do in terms of the processes we show you, how you can do it from, from, a, from a house that's not flats already to a commercial property that you're going to create residential and you're going to keep some, sell some, have them all title split at the right time in the right way, finance processes that all go with it. All of those things, we we teach people to do it in a very strict order so that they then can, each step of the way, they've planned the journey. And I think, yes, planned the journey. Because I think a lot of people in property it, it's a bit like being in a basket of puppies, isn't it? It all just rough and tumble in the mix and, and you go and do a bit of this and you do a bit of that and then all the way you do a bit of something else. And when I was coming back to saying about the fact that you need a company to hold your freeholds, when you often dig it as, as a mentor, I dig into people's uh, structures when we're doing strategy days and things and you go, it's all over the place. You've got no clear lines of, of where, who owns what and when and that's what causes the problems. It's not... It's not taking time to look into what you're doing and going, hang on a second, I've got to get the paperwork right. Got to get it right. Well, here's the thing as well. There's something even more fundamental with title splitting. So for a very long time, and we, we do a masterclass just to introduce this philosophy to people, 
um, and how you can make money out of this strategy. But for a very long time, the freehold, leasehold system, which is what title splitting is, it's creating leasehold from freehold or it's splitting freeholds up So and making more than one freehold. So there's different types of title splits. But here's the thing. For, so, for a very long time, the system, particularly the leasehold freehold system, has been broken in the UK. By that, I mean... There's old systems where people used to make money out of ground rents and freeholds yeah. were all sold to a company that would just harvest the ground rents. Now, the government is breaking that system on purpose. When they call the Leasehold Reform Act, that is being broken. Now, on purpose, because what ended up happening is greedy developers started even having leaseholds on house, houses. And the leaseholds yeah. were going up that much every year that the properties became unmortgageable. And that there are people out there in that stuck position today, right? So the government has made it, uh, ground rents are now a peppercorn for new developments on new apartments. I am going to make it really clear, you know, Labour... If Labour get in, they've already said, Keir Starmer's already said he's going to change, the, the, uh, he's going to abolish the leasehold system. Now, it's not, you can't abolish a freehold in that the shared areas of the building are the shared areas of the building. They are indeed, what? yes. We are going to bring something called common hold. Now, the great thing for us is we've known this. We've been training our clients to be ready for this for three years. The leases that our clients get written by our panel solicitors are future-proofed to yeah. new systems that are coming because they have to be, Yes, right? This is not going to say the same. You know, I still get shocked that I see freeholds for sale at auctions sometimes. So everything has to be structured along the lines that eventually the freeholder, the freehold will all be with a share, with leaseholders will all have a share. It's called yeah. common hold. That will happen We've been teaching our clients from day one to structure their businesses in a way that they can just hand those freeholds over to the leaseholders. And there is no money in the freehold. No. However, there is liability in the freehold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there is no profit in the freehold. And this is a real big change because there used to be profit in the freehold. Yes, used very to much so, yes. Out of freeholds. But that's changing and Labour are saying they're going to abolish the, the system that even so so don't be surprised if you own freeholds that that profit that's in those freeholds is going to disappear and all these landlords are going to go have to go back to solicitors and have leases rewritten at their cost freeholders right marriage value do you think that it's reasonable that we do a 99 year lease yep and after seven sixty five uh, 75 years that's not mortgageable i know it's extraordinary isn't it? we can have a mortgage the first day and then 20 years later, it's not mortgageable. Yeah. That's not reasonable. That will not exist anymore. It can't exist. So the marriage value, the marriage value is where the leaseholder goes back to the freeholder and has to extend the lease. And then they pay the lease the freeholder a uh, 50 grand. Yep. For example. I'm not it's not 50 grand, but whatever the number is. Whatever, them, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And they pay 50 grand and then they'll extend the lease for another 99 years. This is how wealthy landlords used to leave money down the generations. Yeah. That is changing. Those things have gone. Freehold will always have to exist. These shared areas of building walls. Absolutely. Yep. Someone's got to paint the stairs. That's it. The system will be different and there's no money in that for landlords. Landlords will make the money in the future by creating leasehold apartments and getting that uplifting value 
and then creating homes for people to live in. And when they sell them, those people will be having a 999-year lease. It's a virtual freehold. And yeah. that's where we're going. Well, that um, that it has to say, thank you for that, because that was very succinct. And it is something that's worrying people a lot, isn't it? Because there it isn't is. a lot of clarity on it and things. But we've just got to realise that you just have to learn something new sometimes. You have to. You have to get educated. It's yes. way forward. Well, well, talk about education. How can people find you? I know I'm going to put everything in the show notes for people because I know people do find it. But where, if they're sitting here now on their phone and listening, going, oh, right, now I've got to go and find Rachel. Where can they find you? All you need to do, go into lovely Google or Yahoo and type in www.titlesplit.com. You will find our website that will have lots of useful information that will have links to the free download that we give, explaining this a little bit more, although I've explained quite a lot of it here. And we have a masterclass that we only charge £37 for the masterclass. Come along and watch the masterclass and find out how you can get involved in title splitting. Because this, this opportunity was massive before Jeremy Hunt's announcement in November last year. And now it's even bigger that we can take properties. We could always do some commercial properties under PD into residential apartments, but now we're going to be able to take single houses and turn them into apartments under certain conditions, in certain places, in many areas, not all areas, and we can show you exactly how to do that. Well, that's fantastic. And and I know that I am your team who shared the download and that'll be in the show notes as well. So people yes. can go to that, which is fantastic. Rachel, thank you so much. I mean, I just hope that people listening get as enthusiastic as I have and have been reading your articles in YPN. And, you know, that's one of the things I think you have been really strong on today is just saying, educate yourself, find this stuff out. You, the money is on the table. Go and grab some. Yes, that's it. (laughs) It's exciting. (laughs) So thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business.